Welcome to Horror Bites on Safe Room, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I'm Neil Bolt, and joining me as ever is my long-distance drinking buddy, Jay Krieger. Hey! For this week's episode, we are doing the work of the people. Uh, we are taking on the role of the delivery person. The key difference here is that uh, it's really weird and dystopian. Uh, one game asks the question, just how fresh do you want it? And the other ponders a world beyond us now, where door-to-door delivery just seems to be carrying on as normal. So both our picks this week come from the Ludum Dare 53 Game Jam. The developers had to use 72 hours of their time to create a game with the theme of delivery. Now, what I love about these game jams, such as Ludum Dare, is that a single prompt can create such you know, a varied batch of offerings, you know. And I think that's very apparent in the two games we got today. You know, the, so Jay, let us begin with your rather bleak pick from a developer we've actually featured on Safe Room before when we uh, covered LiDAR XD. So yeah, please introduce us to your pick. Yeah, so my pick for the week was Drone Delivery Despair from developer Ken Forrest, who, as you said, was behind LiDAR.exe, which was a game that we both really, really enjoyed and you know, have gone on to chat about several other games that seemingly were influenced by that, you know, LiDAR system that that game has. And um, it really being a feature of that game that stood out and kind of showed mm. off Ken Forrest's ability to uh, take a prompt or premise and then run with it in a really creative way. And, you know, I think that while Drone Delivery Despair is very different uh, in that regard, I think that, you know, Ken Forrest at the same time has done a great job of crafting this atmosphere, right? And that was something that even with LiDAR.exe, it was the type of thing where it was like, oh, that atmosphere right away was yeah. very impressive. So in this in this week's game, uh, Drone Delivery Despair, in which the player pilots a drone in a monochromatic dystopia where an unknown disease has forced people to quarantine inside their homes and rely on a fleet of drones to deliver their food and medicine and other supplies. So this is a pretty straightforward premise. You're Piloting this drone, you know, you are going to be going from pickup points to drop off points and whatnot in this city that everyone has been forced to quarantine because of this disease, this unknown disease. Um, And so in that regard, you know, your piloting mechanics are pretty straightforward. Uh, There is a good amount of like verticality to the world, which I was impressed with again, talking about the fact that these developers are making these games within 72 hours from you know, concept to early builds to then having this final product and it being an experience that, you know, is devoid of a lot of maybe the blemishes you might expect from something that's made in such a short amount of time. Like that is what always really, really impresses me. It's not to say that some of these experiences don't have certain rough edges to them or you see elements of them that could be more refined or expanded upon. But, you know, I think for as simplistic of a premise as this is, Again, you know, Ken Forrest does a great job of creating this bleak sense of atmosphere that is really based off of a limited amount of text. And you're not seeing these like, I suppose, you know, people jumping off of buildings and things like that or corpses littering the streets. It's more just sort of the fact that it's the drones and that's all that you see. And that really does kind of just sell the fact that like, oh, this is a place where people can't be around one another and just sort of going with that. It, it reminded me a lot of um, Observer. Yeah. The way that it has this kind of lo-fi tech to everything. Like you don't see like spaceships or, you know, hovering cars or anything like that, but you do see like these massive monolith buildings 
that have like cables that are running out of them that go off to the other sort of uh, populous centers of this city and whatnot, which is kind of always this feature of a dystopian, right? The idea that the people in charge are connected to everything or they've got their, you know, their fingers and everything that's going on within this city. Um, But I think that what this game does a good job of is at the end of a given day or a shift rather, once you've delivered all the packages, you kind of go back to your little drone hub to recharge or whatever. And then you basically get an update through text that is kind of showing you the progression of how the disease is spreading and the quarantine process and whatnot. And, you know, I believe it's three days that this experience is broken up over. And of course, things are going to be getting worse and worse. But I think that given how strong the atmosphere is in this game, that text carries a lot of weight, right? When you start seeing that population number decline, but then you also get this update where it's like, okay, the population is slowly declining, but the number of drones is going down dramatically. Mm. So now we can't give people the the full amount of people that are still alive in the city, like the resources that they need. We can only get to half of the people. Yeah. And then it get, comes down to like, we can only get to a third of the people. And like, I don't know, there's something about the systematic dwindling down of the population and the player like realizes obviously earlier than the actual characters like, oh, this is not going to be self-sustainable. Like that really factors in in a way that fits this bleak world uh, of, you know, drone delivery, despair and whatnot. And I would say that this game's ending is fittingly bleak in a way that uh, I don't necessarily want to spoil what that is because it is so in line with where this is heading. And I think that, you know, that is the type of ending that you really can respect because it feels like the only natural ending to this experience and what it kind of hints is happening. Um, And I would say in that regard, again, Pretty remarkable that he was able to do all this in, you know, 72 hours and it having this really strong central theme that connects all of it together. Uh, what did you think of this one? Yeah, I mean, it's got atmosphere for days from the start, which, you know, given previous works, unsurprising in a way, but to keep doing it um, is remarkable all the same. Um, yeah, the music by, I think, Zero, C-H-R-O, it, it's just fantastic stuff you know i think it really does help just sell this sort of you know grungy future you know as you said observer is a really good point where it's like um typical polish architecture of slum areas and poorer areas with these sort of digitized wallpapers and things like that to make it look more attractive um but yeah it does very brutalist yes which is always a, a favorite you know for me with these things and yeah just the storytelling that is achieved in, in such a short form, I think about what, 20 minutes, I think, in, in total. Mm-hmm. And it really does just do those layers, those days each time nicely, just telling a little bit of story. And yeah, you, as you said, you can tell where it's going to he- head in a way, but I still think you, you get to that ending and you're like, Oof, you know, that's, uh, that is grim, you know, in a way that is, you wouldn't expect it to be considering considering the perspective you were given, which is quite mechanical, machine-like. You know, you, you are being given that, and yet you are witnessing the, the demise of the population over days. You know, and seemingly everything else. You know, and the look of the city, especially. Yeah, I think as you say, with this sort of low res sort of um grungy look and you know the smoggy sort of areas uh lower down yeah it, it's quite breathtaking to see for a game this small made in such a small time 
to, as you say, have such verticality and really be able to feel quite free in it. You know, I think there's always something about, you know, small worlds that feel big, you know, that they are often better than just having a full on just big world. And that's it, because you can, you can get a sense of scale in that that doesn't feel so empty uh, as you do with many, the more you stretch out, you know, the less sauce you can put on the pizza, so to speak. And this is, you know, very much a very saucy pizza. And I love that about it. It really did just have a lot of flavour to the small little chunk that it had there. And yeah, just, I could not get away from that feeling of it. That, that just atmosphere is almost, you know, saturating. You know, you can almost feel it yourself, you know, like it's in your pores, that sort of thing. Uh, and that's a really good sort of approximation of a post-apocalyptic world where, you know, it's not the usual things and, you know, while it has very, you know, thematic uh, terms in terms of what we've seen in the last few years, it still takes it on in a unique direction, you know. So, yeah, I was rather impressed with what he's done here again. Yeah, and I liked how it didn't feel the need from a storytelling perspective to be overbearing with, no. you know, the either the quarantine angle, whether it's the post-apocalyptic angle, or even just the sort of commentary on our over-reliance on technology and how that, you know, putting all your eggs in that one basket can lead to, you know, the unraveling or the end of uh, mankind type of thing. But it just feels very matter-of-fact, I think, in the way that it explores those concepts. And more importantly, it ties into the gameplay in a way that not only makes sense, but is surprising the amount of, I suppose... To a certain degree, like the emotional weight of the narrative that's behind it all when you're playing from, you know, a drone yeah. uh, and the fact that, you know, even though you learn humanity's fate and whatnot, learning the fate of the drones themselves, like is one of those things where it's just like, oh, am I feeling for machines? Mm. Wait, should I feel that way? <laughs> <laughs> it's the type of thing where it's uh, the duality of storytelling. Um, I was definitely a fan of. And like yes. I said, it doesn't feel overbearing, uh, which is nice because there's nothing worse than when, uh, you know, you have to get beaten over the head with certain yeah. themes or just narrative points that they're trying to make. And it's like, oh, you could have done that in a more subtle yeah, way. And which, I think, again, you know, coming back to 72 hours to make anything uh, is remarkable. Yeah, I think you know, it would be very easy to try and amplify that feeling in such a, yes. when you are making a short experience to sort of go, this is everything about the world really quickly, quick, quick, quick. It's like, it's far better to just do a slice where you are leaving a lot of mystery on the table. And it's like, yes, you're getting a lot of details in those 20 minutes, but there is still so much we don't know about that, where you can ponder and wonder. And you know, I, I think we're quite clear on that in a lot of modern you know, media that you have this idea that everyone needs to have everything explained to them you know as they go along and you know it just robs any world of its feeling and it just feels like you're on a tour in a way which so when you can see something this small just have such you know sophistication and weight to it it's really quite refreshing so on to my game then uh and my game is deliver which is from the combo of Da, 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 uh, Stormcat and Zephyrets. And that's D slash liver, as I said. A mix of live action FMV and rudimentary mini games, really, that fuse together to create something quite intriguing, to be fair. Um, the idea is you are to deliver a liver. Um, hence the uh, slash in that. <laughs> and uh, this is done in, in two strange ways, I suppose. You 
had this mix, as I said, where you had these very basic sort of 2D images of things, uh, and you do a little mini game based on it that isn't really well explained, quite WarioWare-esque in a way, um, just slightly elongated. But in between that, you do have these scuzzy, grainy footage of, uh, bits of what's going on in the process of packing this liver and what they're doing with it. And, you know, there's a real liver and stuff like that. And so you do that. You have to cut open the uh, animal that this liver comes from. Um, it's one of the mini games. You have to do a little sneaking mission, effectively, where you are just basically hold down the mouse when you get to a shadowed area and wait for the people walking around to get past. So it's obviously alluding to some sort of, you know, secrecy about what you're doing and not being right. And yeah, the payoff is amusing to say the least. I think with this, where you know it does end with the delivery having been made and uh, the person enjoying that liver, maybe a little fresher than you would expect. <laughs> and, uh, now, I suppose the thing to think about with this is that you know you look at it and you go, well, it's not really horror, is it? You know, and in the same way that we were talking just about uh, in Forest Game with Drone Delivery Despair, is it's not strictly going in the traditional horror route but it, it has something about it you can that taps into it this is very like mm. on the edges um in a way that i think is works for what it's doing you know it's um feels slightly satirical slightly you know it, it's whimsical in a way that um is dark i would say is the best way to put it and i, I really love that sort of fusion of like going from you know one minute you're doing this little scuzzy little thing on a, on a 2D plane that's like walk here click here uh, I think the first thing you do is like literally just click 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 to open up this image in different panels by breaking things and then break a padlock and open a stable door things like that and once you open that stable door you you immediately get your first sort of cut to this live action footage of, from a first person perspective in this case you know of someone walking through a forest and I was quite taken aback by that as well that's cool. I like that as an idea. And then, yeah, when it kept coming back in between things, you know, this is like, what, five minutes, I think, in total, once you've done everything, provided you don't do terribly at the stealth bit, which is possible, because uh, <laughs> it, you have to kind of guess the patterns of everything. You know, so the, the, Took me a few tries. Yeah, on yeah which is fine, because, you know, you can't see what's coming in, in a couple of cases, but did not begrudge it. You know, it was simple enough. Um and again, it goes back into what we were just saying, you know, having a bit of ambiguity to what's going on, not really explaining it. I, I think here is, you know, it's obviously not very story focused in the same way that we just had with the other game, but it still has something about it, a tone, you know, a feeling that is um, you know, very much its own, you know, and uh, as, as an identity has been stamped on there. And I, I found that at least to be, the standout thing about it is that you know, I can't say I've played anything exactly like it. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, full credit has to go there. How about you? Yeah, I was really impressed with this game's ability to blend uh, mediums. Yeah. Right, the fact, like you mentioned, the fact that it goes from something that is almost kind of I was describe it as such, like being a little almost MS Paintish yeah. in terms of being somewhat crude art style, but at the same time, it's perfectly, you know, easy to decipher what uh, objects and items are exactly. and whatnot. But if anything, you know, that crudeness, I think, is probably 
um, really helpful here in just establishing the sense of unease that I had with the whole thing when it cut, contrasted against the MS Paint interactive portions where you're trying to, you know, uh, free a horse and whatnot. Or if you're at the end of the, uh, that sort of brief section at the beginning, it's like, oh, actually taking the liver out and whatnot and the pains of, uh, you know, butchering an animal and whatnot. And then it cutting periodically between that and then the found footage, yeah. uh, first person perspective, which, Gave me real like Poughkeepsie tapes uh, energy for anybody that's seen that film. Just that's kind of like the uneasiness with which you're watching somebody do something that you get the sense of like, oh, they shouldn't be doing yeah. that, even if it doesn't necessarily go to uh, the extreme in this game, obviously, compared to the Poughkeepsie tapes. But it's that kind of like the almost the calm before the storm in terms of just seeing the, the moments before someone does something that they probably shouldn't be doing or shouldn't be doing at all. And like that was very, very unsettling for me. And I found that to ultimately be what sort of defined this experience because, you know, the second part of the experience, like you said, with the sort of stealth section, that part is kind of like it's impressive from the sense that like the developer is showing their ability to have multiple types of gameplay in one single experience and whatnot. In terms of a narrative, it doesn't necessarily make sense to me why there's a stealth section there. You're carrying something in a box. It's like... Nobody knows what's in the box type of thing. Um, but ultimately, I think I was appreciative also of how the game ends with a bit of that sort of dark comedic note, yeah. like you mentioned, right? How you're kind of like gleefully being the salesperson for these this uh, the sort of uh, livers on offer for customers and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, doing so with what you would assume is like a smile on their face. Um, but yeah, I was really a fan of just ultimately how this blended uh, different types of mediums together to tell its story. Because uh, that's something that I think from a creative standpoint can take something that's very simplistic and make it notable, whether it's from an entertainment value or in my case, I just found it to be very uncomfortable and unsettling, yeah. especially the way the game ends, right? Someone that is sitting down to enjoy a liver that's a little more rare uh, <laughs> than I think you're supposed to be uh, enjoying liver. But at the same time, like it's very uncomfortable to see somebody sit there in real, you know, in real time or in footage of them, you know, cutting into this raw liver and then raising the fork to their yeah. mouth. Like that was very, just, very, very uncomfortable to the watch. The unease in which they are trying to cut it as well. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, the, the, yeah. The, you could just feel it almost. <laughs> um, you know what? I, the other thing I think about this is, you know, the contents of it feel very much like an online game. I don't mean in the sense of games you play online with other people. I just mean... The thematic contents of it feel online. I mean, the MS Paint sort of doodly things just feel like you know, there's whole reams of stuff like that online in, in communities. But the nature of the FMV stuff, uh, you know, especially when you're doing a lot of the liver stuff, has a very sort of YouTube unboxing cooking channel sort of thing to it, you know, which mm. I thought was really smart as well. So yeah, that I think is interesting to think about in terms of like, obviously the younger a developer is or uh, the more online people are, the more naturally these things sort of bleed into their work. And you wouldn't even think about it if you, you know, generally because you've just been, it's there for you. But, you know, when you've come from seeing it for many years from the, the dawn of the internet being at its boon period, um, you sort of notice these little things and just go, oh, yeah, this is cool. That, you know, really distinctly, I don't, it, couldn't have been made like it has been made unless we'd had that. So it sort of uh, time. Right. So yeah, that was really well done. Yeah, it was entertaining and it was a uh, an impressive display. I think of just 
the amount of gameplay mechanics that a developer could fit into one experience and at the same time capturing different, uh, you know, tones and whatnot. Absolutely. So that's our two for this week. Uh, we will be back with more indie horror highlights next week. But in the meantime, if you are a developer of an indie horror game demo concept or even need game jam entry like today uh, we'd love to hear from you so drop us a dm at saferinpod on twitter or at saferinpod at gmail.com for email uh, if you'd like to be highlighted or interviewed for the show that's a good place to go uh, or you can head to the dms of horrorbytes underscore sr on twitter if you'd like to be promoted there on the social channel um, okay so until next week jay uh, we will keep looking out for more little nuggets of horror and uh, we hope you at home will do the same Until then.